The American Craft Beer Story of Voodoo Ranger. The Brewdog Saga Gets Weird. We'll teach you a new drink. Forget about it. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer, where we take the finger of truth and plunge it into the butthole of the craft beer industry all the way down to the fifth knuckle, and then probing around for any signs of trouble. Also, October is Cancer Awareness Month, so guys, get checked out. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman, and I forgot about that, and you're the type of person that leaned back in an orgy. What? What? What are you talking about, Tyler? This is the, fir- that's the first time you've heard that. Uh, that's a lie, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the moon landing. Don't uh, uh listen. You're giving people. <laughs> you're giving people uh, a a. You're, you're destroying the magic of this podcast. Okay, so this is actually the second time we've done this piece of shit because <laughs> the first recording of the podcast you were listening to um got fucked up and uh, yeah we had to do it again. So um and it that recording was without a doubt. The finest podcast audio ever recorded, and um, yeah, it got eaten. So, um, I guess you're gonna have to do with this obviously uh, uh, subpar recording. But uh, Tyler, uh, how are you doing today? What are you drinking? I'm, I am drinking a fresh hop pilsner from uh, Occidental Brewing this time around. Last time I had the Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA. <laughs> and how is the uh, how is the pilsner? Well, I gotta actually open it. <laughs> you're all right. You're not Jesus Christ. See, this is what I'm talking about. The, last time you were on top of it, you had like all your descriptions mapped out. It was a bit of poetry. Then you're like, this time you're like, I forgot to open the can. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it is pretty solid. I don't know if it's my favorite, like, fresh hop pilsner or lager that I've had, but it'll do, pig. I got myself a can. Uh, they're brand new in town. Uh, Lewitt Brewing Company out of uh, somewhere in the world. Um, again, I it was, this would have been better. The, fir- uh, the first recording, I was rocking the Merryweather... Uh, uh, the Merryweather uh, uh, Grumpy Scrumpy Cider because it was oh yeah it was uh, 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 National Drink Beer Day month, and I'm a contra- I'm a contrarian um, Washington let's just say Washington I know my, the, or Vancouver Washington there we go um, this is their uh, Shadow Shinobi IPA and it is a uh, it is like every brewery's first IPA like it is got a touch of caramel malt. Uh, sea hops I'm detecting, you know, the grapefruity, piney, floral hop variety. They just launched with CSB in town, right? That's correct. Um, I met the owner yesterday. So did I. That's where I got this. Oh, nice. <laughs> they, 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 they swung by and they brought me beer. And, uh, so, uh, thank you for this. Uh, on the, on the bitter side of an IPA, but nice clean finish. Some lingering, so uh, a a nice beer to do this shit again. What? I said a nice beer to do this shit again. Ah, yes, you buffered on me. 
So, oh, for fuck's sakes. Um, uh, before we get started, um, I wanted to uh, do a quick thing. There's been a new development uh, in the New Jersey beer law saga. Uh, we first reported on this story this summer. Go check out episode 107 uh, to hear all of that. But what you need to know is that this year, uh, New Jersey went and enacted some truly insane restrictions against the craft beer industry. Uh, new laws that restrict the kind of food a brewery can serve, how many events they can hold, even the size of the televisions in the goddamn brewery, and really all of it. And is like the- how often they can post about events on their social media, right? And whether or not he can, even, I mean, there's even laws against how they can coordinate with a food truck. It's fucking insane, and all of it because of some baffling laws regarding the liquor licenses. Um, and who can get them, but instead of fixing a problem by, you know, repealing those laws and enacting something that makes some sense, uh, they decided to double down on stupid, pass even dumber laws so that breweries can end up getting fucked just as hard as bars and restaurants. Uh, go check out the whole story, but the latest development is this. Uh, the Death of Fox, that's the name of the brewery. Um, in Greenwich, New Jersey, filed a lawsuit this week against the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage Control. Uh, this comes from uh, NJ.com by Richard Cohen. Um, essentially, they are uh, are in the in the lawsuit. They are saying that uh, when the New Jersey ABC enacted these laws, there is supposed to be a period of essentially there the those that the laws will affects the the laws will affect. Um, are supposed to be given notice and they're supposed to be uh, uh, some time set aside for uh, for people to come down and address their concerns before the ABC, ask questions, um, raise issues and all that. And the lawsuit stipulates that um, none of that actually happened, or at least uh, specifically the breweries who are going to be most affected were never notified about these laws until they were enacted and were never given a <laughs> chance to weigh in uh, before they just found themselves uh, on the business end of the pitchfork. What a city just being like, we're going to screw someone. Not a city, a whole goddamn state. Oh, true. I mean, it's New Jersey, so not a proper state. Um, it's one of those piddling little, you know, it's like, I mean, it's like it's the size of a major city in square miles. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's we have lakes bigger than that here. Um, <laughs> fuck you, and New cleaner. Jersey. Add that one to and the cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll see how that pads out. Uh, at the moment, the lawsuit's just been fi- filed. Uh, give this a few months for the lawyers to uh, make their money, and then we'll report back to see uh, how screwed breweries are in New Jersey. Um, my prediction, uh, it's going to be tough as shit to get a decent bear in that god-awful state. You're going to get double decoctioned right over a barrel. <laughs> oh, Tyler, uh, you want to start us off today? Yeah, we are going to... Go to the land of New Vel. Oh wow, New Belgium. <laughs> you would think it- we'd get better at this on the second try. Nope, I knew this podcast was going in one direction and one direction only. <laughs> uh, so fun little fact: of the top thirty brands growing in growing dollars year to date, pretty much all of them are IPA. 
and about half of those 30 belong to New Belgium Voodoo Ranger family. Uh, that's direct quote from a Craft Business Daily article. Uh, with Voodoo Ranger's been around for about six years, and it's basically transformed New Belgium to be the from the brewery that was Fat Tire to the brewery that is Voodoo Ranger, and kind of revitalized the company and got it back to where it's growing as, I mean, before they sold to Kieran, Lion, whoever the fuck bought them, um, they were, what, like a top 10 brewery, Jeremy? Well, the, I mean, I remember distinctly when the, when the Ranger series came out, and I was skeptical because that's my nature, um, but... New Belgium was was a bit of an oddity at the time because they really didn't have an IPA. I mean, they fucked around with IPA. Their yeah. moneymaker, of course, was Fat Tire. Um, then they had things like the 18-something or other or 1661 or something that's obviously completely memorable. And then they had the Ranger IPA. Um, they had a Ranger IPA, but I mean, it never really. Um, they had Ranger IPA. They had again the, a, a series of seasonals. Um, I want to say isolation, but that's not correct. That's Odell. Um, I'm picturing a, a a trailer covered in snow with you know white trash Christmas lights. Um, oh yes, accumulation. Was that accumulation? Yeah. I think it's accumulation. They had that one, but I mean, New Belgium, they were, as you said, the fat tire brewery. And so when they uh, rolled out this voodoo ranger with uh, that little uh, cute little skeleton character, I was like, that's that, that that's cute. But um, this is not the first time I'm going to say this in this podcast. I was wrong. <laughs> we know. Uh, I think we all were. I mean... The branding they did with that and how they were able to create a brand within a brand that is separate but the same is fantastic. I mean, I love the packaging on it. I love how they do where the overboxing on the six-packs have, if you turn it the right way, it makes the full skeleton. Um, but they purposely went in and they wanted to create another brand uh they actually wrestled with the fact do we put new belgium on this can or do you basically just try to make it its own separate brand and don't tie any of the new belgium in they ultimately decided to stick with new belgium because they felt the brand equity of new belgium would help pull in more drinkers that had been drinking craft beer for longer where the skeleton and the fun marketing would pull in the younger crowd. Which I never, I'm still not sure I understand the wisdom. I mean, even if, I mean, even if you're the, the, the name of the company, New Belgium, is sort of kind of in the background, I never really understood the wisdom in completely divorcing a brand from you know from a company name like for example the I mean the biggest example in in craft beer is the 805 from Firestone Walker mm -hmm. um, as uh, there is literally nothing on 805 
the can, the product, the branding, anything to indicate it's from Firestone Walker. And it, that always sort of baffled me on some level to not even acknowledge that, yeah, we're the same company. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is you're trying to convey a different brand voice and really target a different group of people. Uh, and so there's really no need to have that brand equity come along with it because you're targeting a different group of people. And so by doing the ads targeted for that group, you may start to seem disingenuous to your core customers of the main brewery brand. <clears throat> Which I sort of, I mean, I guess I can see that. Again, Firestone Walker, their brand, their brand and their, uh, uh, you know, known for not for their high quality beers and their exceptional barrel age program, which could probably put something in the mind of this, someone in the mind of, Oh, this is going to be expensive versus eight Oh five, which they put that out to compete with your domestics. You're, yeah. A higher, but, a higher uh, quality domestic, no doubt, but they're, that's what they're competing against. Yeah. And it's priced accordingly. Um, but new Belgium, decided hey we're gonna slap the name on this we're gonna do a different basically brand voice for this beer they're not gonna find these beer photos with the poor shot or trying to be a lifestyle brand jeremy's favorite buzzword it is uh, my favorite and first of all tell me that new belgium isn't a lifestyle brand okay these kids today you see them walking around. They're they're uh, dressed as skeletons, wearing skeleton paraphernalia, and <laughs> the skeletons are in turn dressed oddly. Um, I, tell me that they're not uh, they're not uh, uh, doing the uh, the hyper minimalist uh, lifestyle, uh, <laughs> an an an, an anti organism, if you will. You you are right, Jeremy. Uh. <laughs> But, Thank you for just going, I'm just going to say whatever he wants to do and just move on with this fucking story. Uh, but they've kind of taken a different approach, being heavily sarcastic, embracing memes, embracing the different cultures that have really kind of embraced Voodoo Ranger. I mean, they've really leaned into video game culture. There's several Discord channels all about the Voodoo Ranger. They've sponsored things at comic-con uh really just trying to drive home in there and it's paid dividends voodoo rangers imperial ipa which also it's that's the best bang for your buck you can get in a 19.2 ounce can a nine percent imperial ipa it's no wonder sales of it are up 21 percent year to date for a total of 92.7 million dollars year to date in just that brand, I was just—I uh, just took the opportunity to uh, uh, lurk on uh, the Voodoo Rangers Instagram page, and I mean, it is—it is rather charming. There's a there's a, a picture of the of the of the Voodoo Ranger dressed up as Indiana Jones, uh, with the you know with the uh, iconic uh, uh, sw you know switching the Golden Idol with a sack of sand, labeled uh, uh, a toxic household as the sand, and roommate's last IPA as the Golden Idol. <laughs> I mean, it's like that's 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 cute. Been that's there. That's <laughs> been there. That's that's clever. That gets a like. Uh, 
Or their vote voodoo campaign where they had a fully integrated campaign where drinkers can vote on upcoming releases and their aesthetic. Uh, they have their Atomic Pumpkin, Pumpkin Ale, as part of that lineup, and a lager coming out in this lineup next year in 2023. Which is so fucking bizarre to me. All right, this is our IPA lineup. Cool. It gets popular. We should do a lager. Wait, what? It's like, it's, it's like, they should actually probably should have had its own brand. It just like, it's like an amoeba that just splits off and then they have a lager and then the lager from that splits off and then it does its own line of IPAs. And that's essentially how, uh, uh, New Belgium, um, makes five breweries. I was going to say, I was going to say conquers the world. Could you imagine the org chart for that though? If that they did that, <laughs> trying to trace that up to Kieran. <laughs> oh fuck me! <laughs> like five different breweries, it's got to go through to get to Lion, and then to Little Creatures, and then to uh, yeah. And then that one... org chart would be like a CVS receipt. And then and then the Kieran CEO like raises a sword in the air and the, all the various companies come in lions they form Voltron and they stab AB a- InBev in the nutsack. Yeah, that's an I'm anime in. joke and a uh, and and an I hate AB a- InBev joke. I I I picked up on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the memes the article actually included. I really love it's a little nod to office space. It's if you could stop surfing guy PAs in a 10 ounce two tulip glass, that would be great. Uh, but they talk about how they didn't want to focus with the exclusive messaging of what most brewers do in saying, you know, we got the best quality hops, the best quality barley that every brewery says and every brewery can get the same fucking grain and hops. Um, So it really just kind of falls on deaf ears as well as there's so much technical language sometime in some of these marketing campaigns that it goes over the purchaser's head and they basically say, who cares? They kind of compared it to Dollar Shave Club where it gained its popularity, not focusing on, you know, we've got, nine blades it's just hey you need to shave your face here's a razor that'll do the job let's have fun so i mean with this it's crazy to see how it's blown up uh i know you've had experience uh from when you worked in grocery jeremy i mean the price point on these voodoo lines well and are the 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 imperial ranger was actually the biggest, the best-selling craft beer skew we had where I worked, and I, I, I'm convinced purely for the for the reason that it was a nine percent IPA that was line priced with a five percent pale ale. It was, uh, you know, the 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 base price for a six-pack of craft beer was eight dollars, and that was, you know, that was Sierra Nevada. That was. Uh, most of your, I, you know, that was all your Deschutes, your Stone, and then you had higher price points, but your base price point was $8, and yeah, uh, the Imperial Voodoo Ranger at 9%, listen, if you're, if you like craft beer, and you're looking to get from vertical to horizontal as fast and as easy as possible, you can't beat that. Yeah, 
and it's a good beer. It's not the for best as cheap beer. as possible too. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a good quality beer. Is it the best Imperial IPA? No. Is it the Is worst? It... <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> it's high. No, you're gonna have better. You're gonna have worse. It's it's highly drinkable. It does hide the nine percent extremely well. I mean, once again, if you have a if. If you're if you enjoy craft beer, but are not going to get too hung up on, you know, on the on the taste sensation, you're just looking for some happy juice to smooth over a shitty day. A six pack of that's going to do you wonders. Yeah. Or that 192 at the gas station to slam on the way home. Preferably when you get home, but I I don't judge. Or if you're walking. <laughs> we live in Idaho. Nobody walks. That's for communists. <laughs> but uh, they did actually bring up how New Belgium donates a dollar per barrel of all beer sold to nonprofits and causes. Voodoo Rangers contributing substantially to it, but they will never express that on the Voodoo Ranger social media channels because it doesn't fit their brand message. They'll let New Belgium brag about how they're doing that, but they're focused on keeping the Voodoo brand more lighthearted, making people laugh, and having a good time. Their message is the Voodoo Ranger dressed up as uh, as uh, Mr. Rogers with the, with the uh, a text, Won't You Be My Ranger? Yes. <laughs> and what appears to be the Voodoo Rangers dressed up in like a burlesque show. All right. Well, Jeremy, what do we got next? Nothing. I'm. I'm actually. Uh, this is. This has been. It's all beer, and I'm just gonna sit here and scroll through the. Uh, uh, scroll through the the Voodoo Ranger Instagram page now. And you thought this your ex been, was it's a bitch. All Voodoo Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> and you thought your ex was a bitch. News now. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, back in so- episode 102, I went on this little rant about James Watt, and at the time. Um, he had just sent a cease and desist to Good Beer Hunting about an article they wrote about a lawsuit uh, that he filed against a one Emily Zium. And to me, it appeared uh, that James Watt had concocted a bizarre idea that he was the center of this massive conspiracy to ruin his name to explain away allegations brought by Punks with a Purpose um, and the BBC documentary and anybody that's come within five feet of him and that this this kind of shadowy character, Emily Zium was an opportunist just ready to let Watt believe whatever bizarre thought entered his tiny little mind. Um, but I was wrong. James <laughs> I mean, rightfully Watt... so. I feel like we are not in the wrong on this. Like, <laughs> well, it was a safe assumption for us to be like, mm, listen, this guy's crazy. If you look at the world we live in um a rich bastard being accused of sexual harassment laundering money and other misdeeds uh claiming that all those things are nothing but lies and a conspiracy against him you would you, you would be um forgiven for just assuming that guy was just lying his ass off because let's be honest, if that... I was in that situation, I would do the same thing. <laughs> but again, apparently, according to a to a, a court in Scotland, uh, James Watt was the victim of a conspiracy to ruin his name. 
So uh, this actually comes from uh, The Telegraph, along with the Spanish Daily Express and some reporting from that Good Beer Hunting article that was taken down but is now available again after having uh, gone through a legal review. And it turns out that uh, the old adage is true. Uh, truth is a defense against libel. Uh, now, before I go into this story, I want to make one thing clear. There is no reason at this point to not believe the allegations that punk with punks with a purpose brought forward. Um, they, as of now, don't appear to be that connected with this story. Um, other than you could call it exceptionally good timing or exceptionally poor timing, depending on how you choose to look <laughs> at it. Um, but this week, uh, the court of session in Edinburgh ruled in favor of James Watt and ordered Emily Zeeham to pay back uh, 100,000 British pounds she conned from him, along with 500,000 in damages. And the court records paint a much fuller picture of what's actually going on. And a quick side note, um, from here on out in the story, um, I'm, I'm, this is in Britain. So we're talking British pounds, but I'm going to say dollars. Because right now, they're almost the same. Yep. There was one point in time the dollar was more powerful. Take that, you British motherfuckers. <laughs> you mean the one time the pound was more powerful? There was a time no. not too long no. ago the, uh, the, the pound was worth uh, quite a bit more. No, I'm talking about just like a couple weeks ago, the oh. dollar surpassed the pound. So... so I mean, Suck it! Your queen ain't so good now, huh? So, uh, too soon, man. Paddington Bear is still in mourning. Um, oh, Paddington Bear can suck my grundle. <laughs> uh, fans of Paddington Bear can send your uh, uh, distressed emails to itsallbeer at gmail.com and address it, fuck you, Tyler. Um, well, hey, when investment banks basically refer to your country as a second world developing country because you're in such shambles. Get over it. <laughs> Careful, Tyler. Just, we're like one election away from us being a third world country. So, um, anyway, oh, we're only that when it comes to medical and like human rights, <laughs> uh, my, um, I'm anyway, the whole point of this was to say, I'm going to say dollars. It, I really mean British pounds. So if you're going to be pedantic about it, add 10%. Anyway, um, oh, now only add five. <laughs> oh shit! All right, <laughs> I checked this morning. It's already gone down five percent since then. Uh, this story begins. Oh, I, I was making a joke. I okay. don't actually know what the. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious if that was true. Uh, this story begins sometime in 2020. Um, James Watt apparently met Emily Zeeham on Instagram, uh, and the two had a brief romantic relationship. Um, in 2021, a bunch of Watts friends began receiving, uh, direct messages about him from a woman named Laura Keller. Um, the Scottish Sun reports that the direct messages say that, uh, Watt had, quote, misled women, which is the most British thing I've ever heard in my life. In America, that gets you a promotion. <laughs> I mean, what they were looking for the chemists and you took him down the wrong street? Yeah, like, took him back to his roof and he banged him. Uh, <laughs> also, the British pound is one US dollar is worth uh, 0.9 British pounds currently. 
Yep, that's not where it was. This moment. Okay. So, um, but some also accused him of some criminal activity as well. What that was uh, uh, remains to be known. At first, Watt uh, uh, told friends and colleagues to just ignore the messages, but then Zim surfaced and told him that. He was the target of a group of women, mostly former romantic partners, who were working together to spread lies and rumors about him to harm his name and that of Brewdog. But she was working to figure out who these women were. She had befriended one of them, and for the low, low price of $25,000 per person, she would root them out and give, give him their names. Um, and Zim wasn't completely wrong about that. Um, although what she failed to tell him was that she was personally running at least some of those accounts that were making false statements, um, including the Laura Keller account. But, um, as but a- did she lie that she said he, she would give him names? I, 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 she did give him names. I understand. Um, as a quote from Watt in the court document states, quote, uh, Ms. Ziem said that she could help me identify the people responsible for spreading false and malicious lies about me on social media and ask for payment to do so. I was desperate to stop this horrific abuse, so I paid up. Now, for the record, Ziem argued in court and in documents as reported by Good Beer Hunting that Watt actually contacted her and asked her to provide audio recordings, private chat messages, and other information that would help him learn the identities of the people involved in this conspiracy to get him. However, after shelling out $125,000 or so uh, for names that he either didn't recognize or didn't seem to uh, have anything to do with what he was talking about, he started to get suspicious and hired a private investigator. It took you $125,000 to get suspicious? Like, bro... We're talking I about. I could get twenty-five or fifty. We're talking and about. And then like, at that point, like, why didn't you hire the PI to investigate the girl? And the rest of them probably would have cost you twenty grand, and you would have been out the door. You're talking about rich people problems here, Tyler. hundred. You got to realize, one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars is the equivalent of you giving me a fiver. Yeah, and I'd be suspicious if I had to lend you like, five, like a dollar per name. And then after the five dollars, you'd be like, you know, I'm not sure this guy is on the up and up. Um, after like the second name, I'd be like, mm. <laughs> um, but he hired a private investigator to try to figure out, uh, if any of this in, in information ZM was sending him was real. And that inv- investigator contacted Laura Keller and used a tripwire link that basically lets the user know where that person is using a device. And it turns out that Laura Keller was using her phone in an area where Emily Zium worked, and then later from where Emily Zium was living at the time. Uh, the they P- could have been roommates. They could have been roommates and suspiciously worked in the same building. The PI later tied an Ethernet account to, Laura, to the Laura Keller account, that Ethernet service was in Zium's ex-husband's name, but registered for an address where Zium was living. And yeah, so, don't got anything. <laughs> so, well, you know, open marriage, obviously. <laughs> he has uncovered a strange uh, Norwegian love triangle. Link. Yeah. Um, but this appears to be the smoking gun, and it does sort of shoot Zium's claim that she was basically functioning as a mediator spy for Watt right in the nutsack. Um, but 
at the moment, it's hard to tell from the court documents and from the Good Beer Hunting article um, what Zim was uh, um, uh, really doing at that time. Uh, it seems that she did have contact with the BBC when producing that now in infamous documentary. And the BBC did actually edit parts out as a result. As for Punks with the Purpose, according to some documents acquired by Good Beer Hunting, the extent of her involvement with them was in an, in an exchange with Watt, where she apparently sent him a list of names and replied that none of those sound familiar. Now, the big question, I think, that went through everybody's mind was, does this vindicate Watt? He obviously thinks so, and he took to Twitter to crow about how everything that was ever said bad about him up to this point is a lie. Uh, he's never even been on top of a roof. Um, and He doesn't even know what a roof is. Doesn't even know what a roof is. He, none of, he's never lived in a place with a roof. He actually just has all of his houses are specially constructed with just four walls, um, and he prefers to live out uh, in the rain. Um and it's certain No, he has a ceiling, just no roof. <laughs> yeah, a ceiling, but no roof. So <laughs> interesting philosophical question, Matt. Um, well, <laughs> no, I don't have a roof. It's I have a ceiling. It's, a ceiling. it's just it's flat there. It's not a roofy roof. It's a ceiling. I don't know what the fuck accent that is. It's certainly not Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it, <laughs> and and while it certainly it, it it doesn't well, I don't think it vindicates him. It certainly explains some of his stranger behavior in recent months. Um, it appears to be a product of his at very least questionable behavior when it comes to his romantic life, but that's really nobody's business until it literally becomes somebody's business. And let's not forget that this is the man who's trying to launch an IPO for BrewDog for a fucking billion dollars. Um, and it also doesn't explain a lot about what was in that open letter from Punks with a Purpose. Um, and it doesn't explain a lot of the issues with the BBC documentary. So there's a lot to answer for that uh, Emily Zeum had nothing to do with. Um, as for her, I feel like she was at best feeding into Watts delusions, kind of what I, what I assumed at the start and making a bit of scratch in the process. But at worst, she is a full on card artist who knew enough about Watt and his, you know, rooftop trysts to absolutely sucker him in because at all points, it is a major theme. Um, Zium, a former lover in contact with other former lovers, ostensibly to get, get them to stop trashing him online but in reality was working with them to to uh, uh i don't know basically get back <laughs> at a shitty ex i'm guessing i guess what i'm saying is um your uh your 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 customer base uh james watt has n is not satisfied well also you don't fork over that much money to try to figure out what X is trash talking you if there isn't at least some truth in what you're hearing I mean I, I yes or I mean there is this I, I, I sort of kind of can see the the just wanting it to go away and again we're, you and I $125,000 is a lot of fucking money it is actually more money than either, of, either you and I have uh, rich people this is like 
chump change to them. So I mean, it's you know, it's you could just spend 125 grand to make something annoying go away. He spends more than that on his rooftop excursions, ceiling excursions. Um, I mean, got to maintain his court defense. <laughs> uh, I guess what he can say for sure is this case just got really weird, and I suppose we'll leave it at that. Um, in other BrewDog news, uh, in its first ever franchise deal, Hop Dragon Holdings, owned by a McDonald's food uh, McDonald's tycoon uh, Juan Carlos Mondragon launched uh, three Brodog locations that will be opening in Denver starting next year. First off, I really want to know what this guy looks like with the last name Von Dragon. Mondragon. Uh, M-O-N Dragon. Oh. Apparently, it's... apparently he he is like, uh, he, he owns some of the most profitable McDonald's franchises in the world and almost exclusively because he's the the made the majority uh, owner of the McDonald's in Mexico. All right. Chicken McNuggets are big down there. Apparently. Um but this also as Brewdog is closing six locations in the UK. Um in fact, uh, uh Watt took to Twitter um, as the previous story was blowing up, to call out the conservative government and attack them for, quote, a startling display of incompetence with as much handicapped businesses who are already fighting for their lives. That sounded more fucking Australian. I don't know. Again, this is... <laughs> And anybody in Britain's going, no, that was a fucking speech impediment is what that was. <laughs> is this guy having a stroke? And you know what? James the Wright, answer is yes. James Watt was right about that. No, hold on. I just threw up in my mouth a little. <clears throat> anyway, um, what we know is Go that... yell it from the roof, rooftop, Jeremy. Yell it from the rooftop. <laughs> what we know is that as bad as inflation and the resulting stagnation the economy is in the United States, it is on the verge of crippling the UK economy and risks being the death of iconic beer brands as well as pubs and restaurants in that country. This comes from Good Beer Hunting by Kate Bernat. Um, several different factors are hitting UK breweries exceptionally hard at the same time. Um, and they're going to sound super uh, familiar to anybody uh, running a brewery in this country. They're experiencing CO2 shortages, uh, resulting in a fourfold increase in prices. Uh, the war in Ukraine... Felt much more viscerally there, given its proximity. Uh, barley has jumped up uh, by a factor of two or three. And of course, energy, especially natural gas, uh, has taken a huge leap. And of course, this has a ripple effect because spending more money on staples like energy, grain, CO2 necessarily means rising the price on a pint. And customers, pinched by rising energy prices themselves, have less money to spend on a pint of beer. But let's be honest, this is England we're talking about. The, these are people who will live in the freezing weather if it means they get to dip down to the pub for a pint. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure whole generations of British people got their heat from uh, from the local pub. And I think you, I think if you drink more, every pint you drink, you get to lower your thermostat like five degrees. I think that's the the general rule of thumb. It checks out. Okay. Um, but 
It also comes as employees are demanding more money to keep up with inflation, which in turn rises the price of goods, which in turn means that they need more money to keep up with the price of inflation, which rises the price of goods. Ain't economics fun? Um, and it comes from a time when the hospitality industry is still reeling from COVID and pretty much is at the end of their tether. Here in the United States, about 20% of all beer is consumed in a bar or restaurant. Um, in the UK, it's closer to around 50%. Uh, so the closures hurt the beer industry far more there than it did here. Um, in Britain, they're talking about a slew of businesses that are right at the brink of collapse. Um, 70% of UK pubs say they'll not be able to stay in business through the winter without some sort of government assistance. Um, Fuck. Uh, this kind of harkens back to the beginning of the pandemic uh, when every newspaper in the United States uh, ran the headline, 50% of all breweries will close if nobody does anything. And so I want to keep that, I want to just keep that in mind. This is the the idea that they sent a survey out saying, hey, are you going to close if nobody does anything? And 70% said, yeah, probably. Which is still not good, but let's keep it in perspective. Um, this week, the Board of British Beer a board made up of executives from Britain's largest beer brands released an open letter to the government warning that uh, all work done up to this point to keep pubs and breweries and the iconic um, uh, beer tradition in Great Britain alive and uh, through the pandemic is all going to be wasted if they don't act now. Uh, Paul Davis of Carlsberg Marsons uh, was quoted in the letter saying, quote, without immediate direct government support, Many of the UK's craft and cascale breweries will have no choice but to close for good. We are going to lose, in one winter, generations of iconic beer brands. Um, Emma McClarkin, the C CEO of the British Pub Association, said, If we lose them, we not only lose businesses and the jobs that go with them, but also the beating heart of communities across the country where people gather in times of need. Uh, we need energy camp for businesses before it's too late. And that seems to be the, the what they're calling for more than anything else is an energy cap in order to at least not only not only keep prices uh, that of energy for what pubs are using, where they can get through the winter, but also for their customers so that they have a little bit of uh, of disposable income to, s to come down and have a pint, as is tradition. Um, as is tradition you've got to let them keep drinking or their <laughs> livers will stop working i mean it's, it's tyler uh I, I don't know if you've been to england but you think england is england if they're all sober oh they'd be more cunty and whiny than ever <laughs> if you're in great britain you can uh, uh uh you can vomit into an envelope and send it to tyler um at uh uh I don't know. Let's say 1116 uh, uh, North White House Way. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> oh, and on that happy news, uh, Tyler, do you have anything for us today? Yeah, we're going to learn a fun new drink that is amazingly refreshing uh, during the hot summer days. Um, Perfect timing. Thomas, it is. I was going to say. It is October, and who doesn't? And who's and who is out there looking for a nice, refreshing summer drink in October? <laughs> well, we were on summer break uh, when I saw this article, and I wanted to 
wait till I could do it in person, but I was like, well, this might be the last nice weekend for a little while, so <laughs> might be time to do this. Okay. Um, it is called the spaghetti. And not the spaghetti, Jeremy. The spaghetti. Okay, the spaghetti. You took away my dad joke from last time. Yep. Got well, out ahead of that one. I'm going to nip this son of a bitch in the bud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick a clothes hanger up that and stop that joke from ever being born. <laughs> yep. See, I made it Good worse, thing. Tyler. <laughs> Good thing we're not in Oklahoma because I'd be going to jail for aborting that one. Uh, oh, yep, took it too far. We're going uh, to hell. <laughs> we're going to hell. <laughs> so, this is a very easy drink to make. Uh, all it takes is one can or bottle of Miller High Life, the Champagna of beers. Undrinkable swill, check. You take a big old glug out of that. Then you drop uh, one to one and a half ounces of April, which is an aperitivo, um, red in color. It gives this this nice bright like pink color when you drop it into the Miller High Life bottle. Forward muck. And, Check. <laughs> and then you cut a f- fresh lemon and dr- squeeze the juice into the bottle. If you want, drop it down into the neck of the bottle or toss the lemon. Corona that um, shiznit. Mix it up and enjoy. What is basically a high-class brass monkey? Uh, closer to like an April spritz, but <laughs> I mean, uh, I, it's the, it's the it's the drinking a little bit out of the out of the uh, beer and then adding stuff to it. That's like I did that in college. It's called a brass monkey, and I'm never <laughs> and I, I didn't understand the point of it then. I don't understand other than it like adding a little bit of orange juice did make a fody of old e. Slightly more drinkable than it would be otherwise. Also, you should never drink a Fody of Old E. Eh, been there, done that. I know Edward you Scissorhands, baby. Woo! Uh. <laughs> and that's and that's why you're going to die before you're forty. Eh, I got ten more years. Uh, make them count. Uh. <laughs> so uh, the article that I saw uh, was actually talking about how they fell in love with spaghetti and then actually started doing a fully non-alcoholic version of it, which I was like, oh, that would actually be kind of interesting to try. Uh, They talk in the article how spaghetti started picking up in popularity in 2019. I first had it in 2020, 2021, one of those years uh, at a local place in town called Matlax. I walked in and they're like, you want a spaghetti? And I was like, the fuck did you just ask? And they're like, a spaghetti. And I was like, sure. You're, mis- you're mispronouncing spaghetti or you're or you're <laughs> you're doing something fancy with noodles and tomato sauce. Either way, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, sure, I'll try one. And I was like, this is really refreshing. I'll do another. And then... It has a soft spot in my heart now. Well, they recommend doing Liars Italian Orange, uh, which is a non-alcoholic orange bitter. Would be the closest thing I could kind of for a non-alcoholic, a non-alcoholic yeah. aperitif. Uh, 
or their liars uh, Italian spritz, um, and then taking a can of Athletic Light and following the same recipe for the same profile, just non-alcoholic. For those that want to experience the, the, the wonder of a brass monkey, but without weighing, waking up in Tijuana in a bathtub full of ice and needing dialysis. <laughs> but because Jeremy has not, I challenge you, by the time we have our next podcast, you have either made one at home or gone down to Matlax and had a spaghetti and then come back and give us an honest review on the podcast. I see your your whenever you assign me homework, I'm 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 taken back to uh when I was uh in school and they'd assign me homework and what I did was I took that homework and then I set it on my desk and then I drank and masturbated and then I got a journalism degree and then I worked in craft beer. So well, good thing this homework is to literally drink. Now my instinct is to never drink again. Your move, your Good. move, Tyler. <laughs> I challenge <laughs> you. <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens. Do you have All a- right. Uh, anything else for us today? Yep. So since it is football season, um, yay! The Chicago sports. go sports. Yeah, <laughs> go teams against each other. Um, make the hoop in the goal. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so go sports. Josh Noll, <laughs> Josh Noll of the Chicago Tribune, uh, put out an article of for a first class tailgate. Here's what you need to pack these uh, pack air cooler with. Um, all of these are like Midwest Chicago beers, so I figured we'd run through the list, and then Jeremy and I will come up with a list of the ten beers for. The Boise area cooler. You should do that, and, so, and 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 wherever you live, um, play along and uh, send us uh, your list. Of specific, talking is hard. Specific to your region. So he starts it off with Freedom Lemonade from Revolution Brewing. It is basically their four and a half percent lemonade shandy. Then he has the Gridiron Golden Lager from Spiteful Brewing. Just a nice, crisp, easy-drinking golden ale at 4.5% with an amazing can uh, that is done up like a football field with um, one of the characters from Saturday Night Live's Da Bears sketch on it. Da Bears. And if I would have thought, I would have looked up and so I could remember exactly who it was before we started doing this podcast, but you've successfully failed you, at that twice now, but I know all our listeners can use YouTube and they can figure out who it is as well. Just Google uh, bears, bears, uh, hoppy refresher from Lagunitas brewing. Always nice to have an NA option. Uh, Moscow Mule from Jang. It is a non-alcoholic canned cocktail with CBD. 
next one's going to be Lil Buddy from Hopewell Brewing. It's a 4.2% alcohol, crisp lager, and a wee little 8-ounce can. Love those little 8-ounce cans. I saw it, y'all. Malort Spritz uh, from CH Distillery and Mars Community Brewing. um, Because nothing's more Chicago than the fucking God's disgrace on Earth. That is just a disgrace to human decency of Malort. And every Chicagoan loves that drink to just destroy people. Um, have you have you been to Chicago and uh, and 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 been subjected to this or something? It sounds this sounds like a visceral hatred born out of a, a a misplaced college trip that ended with you nearly dying in the Chicago River. No, I have not. But every person I've ever talked to from Chicago is like, "Have you ever had Malort?" And I'm like, "No." And I know people who have tried it, and they are like, this is the most vile thing ever. Uh, it was basically made to taste that way because the guy was such a heavy smoker. That is the only thing he could actually taste. <laughs> yeah, it is just oh. an abomination. Uh, but they made a canned version of it, of the local bitter liqueur. Um with and basically made it into a spritz with lime juice, grapefruit flavor, sugar, and salt. Um, Microvolt, uh, which is a 3.8% lager from Metropolitan Brewing, the Rose Cider from Northman Cider Company, the Sauve Blanc Spritz from Maplewood Brewery and Distillering. And West Coast IPA from Untitled Art, which is a non-alcoholic IPA. So that rounds out the list that he had recommended. So, Jeremy, we're going to just kind of run back up to the top. We'll pick one. Try to keep it a regional option. If we can, let's go local. Local if so, we can, but regional if if no other. Basically, available in this market, um, but yes. local if we can manage it. Correct. So, so, there's, so, and and also, if you choose to play the home game, that's the that's your uh, uh, your assignment. Uh, local, if you can do it, but uh, whatever is available in your market. Okay, let's do this shit. Freedom Lemonade. That's so the four and a half percent lemonade shandy, basically. The only one I can really think of is Western Collective's Hella Tasty. Well, see, um. That's garbage. Uh, uh, apologies to Western Collective. I mean, I'm tempted <coughs> to go with Stiegel Rattler being, I mean, being far, far away from um, from this market. But I think I will go with the Moosehead Rattler. The Moosehead Rattler. The moose What's the ABV on the 4%. Moosehead Rattler? 4%. 4%. 4%. 4%. Okay. It's trust me. I wasn't it's, a f- it's much better than the hella tasty. I'm sorry to the, the it's it's less sure you can slam you can slam five or six of the uh, of of the moose head, um, and not go into diabetic shock. <laughs> All right, we will go with the moose head rattler, <laughs> the gridiron golden lager. So a four and a half percent lager with 
the full football gear. Jeremy, what are you thinking? Um, I mean, you just, you just need a light, refreshing lager, so there's no reason to to, to not go local. Um, I, I I suppose I'd have to go with uh, uh, Old Boise Lager. Well, I'm going to disagree on this one just because you got to have that football theme if you're tailgating here in Boise. You're doing it, Boise State, and I fucking hate to say it because Ten Barrels should not be fucking sponsoring Boise State because they're not a fucking local brewery. It fucking pisses me off, but that's besides the point, and I have to go with Ten Barrel pub beer even though it tastes like pubes. That, that's right, Tyler. Sweet, Swallow that sweet corporate cock. Yeah, that's that's good. That's that's that, that's good, Tyler. Rage against the machine. You hate the fact that that uh, uh, that they they have this bullshit sponsorship. Rise against it, man. Instead, you're like, I, I don't won. like it, but I I they do have the sponsorship. So glug 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 glug. Oh, that's good corporate cock. Glug 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 glug. Which is why they have the sponsorship to begin with. No, they have the sponsorship because Keystein, before he died, cut a fat check every year at Boise State to keep the BAM program alive. And so now Boise State won't get off his dead dick. And then AB InBev comes in under the guys they're visiting the market to cut a fat fucking check. <laughs> you okay there? Up. Up next, we have the Hoppy Refresher from Lagunitas. So, so, so um, I think we're going to have to respectfully just like, I, I'm going to go with the uh, Old Boise Lager. Um, uh, and Tyler is going is, is, is gonna to swallow that uh, sweet, sweet corporate cock. Um, what's next? Uh, the Hoppy just Refresher take, from Lagunitas. Take, take your lager of choice. Dip it in an orange and blue. Sp- scribble B or BSU in crayon. And there you go. Uh. <laughs> I completely <So>. derailed him. <laughs> He's like, that's a really good idea. <laughs> no, I was waiting for you to stop whining. Uh. <laughs> so, in place of the hoppy refresher from Lagunitas... I don't think you replaced the, no no one has no one has matched the the magic that is the Lagunitas Hoppy Refresher. I don't I would I don't fuck with that. I agree. So, moving on to the Moscow Mule from Jang, uh, the CBD infused non-alcoholic canned cocktail. I mean, again, you can't really do that here because there's nothing CBD infused. So I guess you go with the Moscow Mule. Um. I rather enjoyed the uh, 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 the the Moscow Mule from Astoria Distilling. Is it available locally? It is. Nice. I have not seen that around. So I have I, I, I have people that sell me things. Yeah. Well, just just so I can clear the record, the last time we recorded this, Jeremy said the ten barrel Moscow Mule. <laughs> Because he was sucking that sweet, sweet corporate dick. <laughs> you were, you were so prepared, so prepared to throw that back in my face, and I derailed you. And your only recourse was like, "Well, yeah, last time, Jeremy." And there's no record of that, Tyler. There's no record of that. That you're. This is this is nothing but a conspiracy to, to abuse my good name. <laughs> How do you know I wasn't screen recording the whole podcast before? 
because I know your laziness. You got me there. Uh, <laughs> up next, uh, we have the little buddy from Hopewell Brewing, the wee little can. Uh, you got to go panga drops. Absolutely. There's no other, there is no equivalent. I mean, otherwise you're just, you're just if, you, if you need small package lager, that's the only thing available is panga drops. Um, uh, they do make a Coors Light in an eight ounce can. Yeah. Because but... in college I used to get it and I'd crush a six pack on the way home from Walmart. Okay, well, if you're going to uh, go with that, then you got the what, Coronitas or something. The They make the small They bottles. do sell the eight-ounce bottles of Miller High Life, too. So we have options available. I'm still going to go Panga because, you know. Yeah, 100%. Um, because Uruguay, you know. Uh, Nicaragua, you imbecile. Okay. Excuse me. I've mixed up what country it came from. Uh, Malort Spritz. Okay, so I... I this one stumped us, and I was and I was thinking later about okay, so what's the essence of what this is? Um, now we're going a little bit high ABV than you know, and you do need something to like to uh, to like uh, smooth it out. And you know their uh, their zero percent ABV canned cocktail ours is gonna have uh, is gonna have alcohol. So to uh, to uh, switch it up, I was trying to think of. Something hyper local that is truly nasty, but that we suck down because it has a weird following, and it's going to require. It, unfortunately, it's not available in cans. Here's what you're going to have to do: you're going to have to fill a. Uh, you're going to have to fill a cooler full of water, dump uh, root beer extract into it, and then a block of <laughs> of uh, a dry ice. It's it's Mormon root beer. It is a thing. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. You just buffered out. I didn't hear. I heard drop a block of root beer extract in, and then you buffered out. You take, one more time. You take you you take a, a cooler full of water, uh, dump root beer extract in, and then a big block full of dry ice, and that's it. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm you... sticking with what we did the first time, and it is. You take a bottle of Yukon Jack. That one's for you, Ben. Uh, you pour it into some cans and add carbonated water or Coke or whatever you want, and you crawler the cans closed, and then you shotgun them to get wrecked for the tailgate. But again, a uh, uh, marathon, not a sprint. And there are some there are some Jack Mormons at your tailgate that are going to appreciate. Like, yeah, it tastes just like I remember. Like barely carbonated, lukewarm, way too much. I'm I'm ready for the no touch dance now. <laughs> no, no, we're not Jack. We're not catering to the Mormons. The state does that enough. Uh, the microvolt. So the three point eight percent, super crisp, easy drinking lager. Again, I uh, pick a pick your lager of choice, I suppose. I think at one I point, said, I think at one point in time, I wanted the Terminal Gravity Extra Golden uh, uh, Blonde, and I I stand by that as being one of my one of my favorite like uh, uh, blonde or lighter beers. I went with the Yamabiko. Uh, Japanese rice lager from Mountains Walkings. But again, I feel like, okay, pick another lager of your choice. Although it also so, it also occurred to me, so you got two lagers on this, 
and a West Coast IPA, but the West Coast IPA is a non-alcoholic. And it's we, a tailgate, Jeremy. And we live in Idaho, motherfucker. You have no alcoholic IPA? It's a tailgate, Jeremy. Why does it... Up next, what the is rosé it? cider. <laughs> Are you a communist? The only IPA is non-alcoholic? What kind of tailgate... I am flipping your tailgate, sir. Flipping it directly no, onto its head. Because we also have canned cocktail, the shitty liquor... And several loggers. I'm saying you place one of those loggers with an IPA. Your your your, your choice of IPA. Um, I'm gonna go with oh shit. Every IPA in this state sucks. Um, I'm gonna go with top <laughs> the uh, bail breaker top cutter. Really? Yeah. It's the first thing that comes to mind. I figured you would have done something better. Like. But... Uh, pick a Fort George IPA. Pick fucking. This is harder on the spot. Okay, uh, all right, yeah, yeah. buckling, buckling like a like a like a cheap shirt. Okay, move on, move on. Odell IPA. Really? There. That's the one you're gonna go with. You're like it's better top- than Top Cutter. What do you mean? To- okay, all right. This this can only be settled with one way. Um, uh, at dawn, pistols. We're doing this. Uh, tune in to uh, uh, it's all beer in a couple of weeks to see uh, which one of them is still alive. Jeremy, do you even own a gun? I could buy one. This is Idaho. There's one probably laying around outside somewhere. Uh, up next, we got the rose cider from Northman Cider Company. Um, I. Was thinking the Merryweather like fucking cam spritz. Um, I'm gonna go with Tiaitan Hazy Strawberry. Don't think I've had that one. I mean, it says it's it it says advertised. It's a strawberry cider. You know, it's a it 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 does it it, it does the job of a rose cider. What do you, you know, what do you want from it? Sounds good. The Sauv Blanc Spritz uh, is up next. I have no idea about wine, so I'm just going to default to you, Jeremy. I mean, we got Split Rails uh, uh, white wine in a can, so or um, or Saint Chapelle. They do they do their um, uh, soft huckleberry uh, can these days. So I think I'd go with the. I mean, I feel like if you're going for a, a, a the uh, uh, a wine option. You're going for the non-beer drinker. They want something slightly sweeter. I'd go with the soft huckleberry. Perfect. Now, the last one, the West Coast IPA, uh, the non-alcoholic IPA. I'm going to go with uh, Sam Adams, Just a Haze. Uh, best day, West Coast. Which I still need. I forgot to stop by today and yeah, actually try that. You did. It's still there. I I'm sorry. That... I actually had to work. You know, that... Whatever lie you have to tell yourself, Tyler. I know you don't actually work. You just sit around your house, slowly congealing. <laughs> yep. You're letting letting your beard and your weird stomach pubic hair kind of like slowly meld and together until you just turn into like a grassy mass on the couch. Yep. I just turn into the couch. Excellent. I come out of the couch like Danny DeVito in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) Naked and screaming about 
<laughs> oh god um, i'm sorry if you were driving and that image into your head and you immediately uh, uh turned into the nearest uh brick wall because um no one should have to have that image in their head tyler um uh uh that's it that's our that's the list huh that is the list let us know what yours are or if you'd make any changes to ours um and then we are going to be off for the next week that's right, because somebody, their selfish ass, is going to GABF and is not sponsoring a It's All Beer trip to be GABF. Bro, I work in craft beer. I can't afford to bring your lazy ass with me. Well, I mean, you work for a semi-profitable com- company. Um, just we'll, Let's just get married for like a weekend. Yeah, Christina just, might have a problem with that. Well, I mean, so will Carrie, but you know, we can, they can get married for a weekend. We can get married for a weekend. I can go over to GABF, come back, remarry, and you know. I feel they get the shit end of the stick on that because they both get left with the kids. Well, except for that, you're 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 uh, you're missing the most obvious danger, which is they like each other better, and then we are <laughs> we are we are then actually forced. <laughs> like yeah i think the best course of action to protect everyone involved is uh you just have to stay here in town so yeah i'm i'm, I'm kind of willing to risk it though all right fine <laughs> yeah. um post uh but but uh, uh you need to post like a live video of you staggering around the convention center um as uh as drunk as a uh as a cat with uh antifreeze poisoning Sounds good. I will try to go live at least once from the convention center. Excellent. Uh, you have anything to add before you venture off into that good night to disappear forever? Uh, hopefully, I make it back from this like I did, ma- like I made it back from New Orleans. I, I have to go on like some booze-addled uh, adventure because I, I guess I go to NABA, but um, those are it's pretty high stakes. Last, uh, last time I went to NABA, one of the people in our group fell asleep on a park bench for the better part of three hours. Been there. Uh, anyway, okay, well, this has been uh, It's All Beer. Um, if you, uh, if, if you uh, uh, enjoy this uh, the second time around, and believe me, the first one was gold. Um, this one, no, it was perfect. It was the best recording we've ever done. But uh, this one, a little bit rough. But if you liked it anyway, um, let us know. This one's like bronze, copper, you uh, know, tin. What's below? <laughs> What's like sodium explodes in water, so it's kind of cool. But um, rust, molybdenum. It'll it's it like melts in your hand at room temperature. Um, anyway, uh, you can get a hold of us uh, on our Twitter account. It's all beer one, where we post all of our stories and snarky remarks. Uh, we have an Instagram feed and Facebook, where we post pictures of what we're drinking and maybe a drunken uh, exploit at uh, at GABF. Uh, check that out there. Um, email it's all beer at gmail.com. If you want to, if you live in a state we have recently trashed and wish to either congratulate us or tell us why Idaho sucks, actually, that'd be fun. If, if we've recently trashed your state, um, you can uh, send us a, 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 a note or leave us a review on our Facebook page or our, uh, iTunes account or Stitcher and tell us why, uh, tell us what your perspective why Idaho sucks, because that would be fun. Um, and. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, that'd be kind of great. Just get a whole lot of like your podcast is great, and uh, and uh, uh, Idaho is uh, is is like a, is like a, a. It's not even a real place. It's a government conspiracy. <laughs> Idaho is like Mississippi with uh, uh, with less incest but more bestiality. Uh, <laughs> and that'll be quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Kelly Zimmerman. I'm gonna have a beer. Have fun.